Ladies and gentlemen, this is the villain Marty Skrull, and you are listening to Beyond. No, sorry, what was it? (laughs) Me and my friend Mark, we're going to stop watching. I'm Mark, and I'm Harris, and we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to a special edition of Behind the Gorilla. This is Mark, and uh, yeah. So, NWA, of course, as everyone knows, based out of Atlanta. They do all their all their power tapings in Atlanta. So far, all the pay-per-views have been um, in Atlanta. Well, I guess the two that they've done have been in Atlanta. But they're expanding now. they got the Crockett Cup coming up in April, April 19th. And they're moving to a bigger venue. As they've done such a great job of the small, small GPB studios, which only holds around 250 to 300 people, something in that vicinity. So, you know, not a whole lot, but they're moving to a much bigger venue, the Gateway Arena down in uh, College Park, just south of Atlanta, right next to the airport. And brand new facility was uh, opened in November, I believe, for the new G League basketball team, the uh, Skyhawks, I believe is the name of the uh, basketball team that plays there, College Park Skyhawks. So, um, and I know they've had a couple of concerts, some of that stuff, but this is the first kind of non-basketball you know, basketball game, non-concert event that's being held down there, um, again, April 19th. And it's much bigger, much, much bigger. It's about, I think it's going to be two to 3,000 people that'll fit in there. So it's going to be awesome. Great, great show. The Crockett Cup. Um, of course, the, the Crockett Cup tournament, the tag team tournament is going to be amazing. But the main event, Nick Aldis and Marty Skrull uh, for the second time at the Crockett Cup for the NWA World Championship. If Marty Skrull loses, he then has to pay Nick Aldis $500,000. So the stakes really high for this one for both of these two competitors. But um cool thing about it was there was a press conference held um, I'm recording this on Wednesday night, so this was earlier today. It was at 1 p.m. Um, this today, Wednesday, the uh, 26th, down at the Gateway Arena. And on the last episode, I think it was on the episode of Circle Squared last week on on uh, YouTube. They said just for you know for media inquiries or anything like that, email you know info at nationalwrestlingalliance.com. So I was like, well, you know, I'm nearby, I live right near there, just north of Atlanta. So let's uh, let's give that a shot. Maybe I can I can get down there and, and um, observe the press conference. So send an email out. Then heard back a couple of days ago from Dave Lagana and you know uh, extended an invitation down there. Unfortunately, Harris wasn't able to go because he's swamped with tax season. So yeah, of course couldn't get out of that. But I left work uh, for a long lunch and uh, made my way down there to the Gateway Arena. Um, there was only a handful of people down there, probably like five or six, um, media people down there. And so, you know, real simple came out there. Kyle went up and kind of introduced everything. Dave, Dave, uh, Dave Lagana manned the camera and did, did all that work and um, introduced everyone. Uh, so Kyle introduced the, you know, whole press conference and, um, then, Marty Scroll came out. He spoke for a few minutes, 
talking about the cup and everything. Of, um, of course, you can watch the whole thing. Um, NWA is going to have it up. You know, the official stream is going to be up this morning, Thursday morning. And uh, after that, Champ, Nick Aldis came up, spoke for a few minutes as well. But after that, they allowed all of us there because there was only a handful of us, uh, just one-on-one time, just, if, you know, uh, five, five, six minutes or so with both Marty Scroll and Nick Aldis. So I was able to interview both of them. Uh, the Nick Aldis one I did first, and then I did Marty Scroll second. Uh, so that's the way I'm going to put them here. Um, two very different type of interviews for Nick Aldis. He was fantastic. Great guy. Um, to be honest, a little disappointing as he's the heel because he was way too nice. But uh, yeah, he was great. And of course, I had to start off asking about, you know, what he thinks is the dumbest thing he's ever seen in wrestling. So you're going to get to hear him talk about that. There is a slight little glitch as I was trying to record it as a video. And at one point I turned it and audio cut out for just a couple of seconds. So I'll try and patch that with my own voice when it does happen. Just so you know what he's talking about. Because he says a name that then was cut out. So I'm going to, so if you, when you hear that, in the audio, that's why. I just wanted to say the name so you know what he's talking about. Uh, Marty Scroll was fine. I ditched the video and just recorded the audio for that. Um, Nick Aldis, again, was great. He, you know, talked really long, actually. It was almost 10 minutes, and I felt kind of bad because just kept going. Uh, but Marty's was, was very different. His was much more like an interview you would see on Power, you know, on, on TV. Uh, kind of more of an official type thing. Nick Aldis... He told me a, a lot more handful of personal stories, which was really cool. A little bit more kind of back and forth with him than with Marty. Marty was great, though. Very professional. And, uh, you know, gave me like six minutes and answered all the questions. So, But just very different types of interviews. So just heads up on that. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and play both those for you in this special special edition of the podcast and also I do have the video of Nick Aldis's interview so uh, you can check that out on our YouTube page just you can search behind the Gorilla Wrestling Podcast I'll also put up uh, some clips on Instagram and on um, Twitter as well again on Twitter we're at behind underscore gorilla and on Instagram uh, we are at behind underscore gorilla as well so go ahead and give us a follow in there again we follow back wrestling fans so, yeah, without further ado, here we go. We have the interviews first from Nick Aldis and then from Marty Skrull. I'm here with NWA World Heavyweight Champion Nick Aldis. And, um, Nick, just want to tell you a little bit. I'm part of a podcast behind the Gorilla. What we do is basically talk about the dumbest things in the history of wrestling, uh, kind of focus on that stuff. So, right off the bat. So, you must have been a big fan of Bruce Magnus in uh, 2009 TNA. Funny thing about that, you that was the first close up wrestling show I went to was like two thousand and nine yeah. or like ten, eleven, somewhere in there, and you guys were in the tabernacle here in Atlanta. Oh yeah. yeah. And that was I was right up close and that's the first time I saw you I think you were one of the first matches and you came out and that was the first time I realized how big wrestlers were. <laughs> was uh was seeing you there actually. I'm, I'm one of those people that falls into that category in wrestling where people always go, I didn't realize how big you were in real life. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think that I always take it as a compliment because I think it's a, a testament to my um the way I wrestle, you know, and my yeah. ability by the way I move and everything. It's like it, it, it usually 
belies a guy slightly smaller, like a medium-sized guy. But I, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think of myself as a big guy. You sure, know, like sure, I sure. I think of myself as, you know, the, the wrestling that I grew up on. You know, the guy my size was average, mm-hmm. so it's like I, I never thought to myself like, oh, I'm, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't have, I never wanted to use size as a crutch in any way. I wanted to be a good performer. So what I want to ask is, what's the dumbest thing you've ever seen in wrestling and been a part of? Oh. So both of them. Um, I don't. I, I think it would be really hard to to to, to pinpoint one specific thing. Um, <laughs> I guess, you know, because this is the thing you have to remember, it's like, we, 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 Marty and I both came up on, on the holiday camp circuit, so, you know, it's, it's, a, it's actually a great learning, you know, experience for young wrestlers, and it's a good proving ground for guys as far as their charisma and their ability to, to connect with an audience, not necessarily wrestling, because the... the, the in-ring action is kind of secondary to the to the entertainment aspect but I remember times we would we would do those shows and you know we we would go to the prop like there was a whole prop room you know because there was because it was all kinds of different cabaret acts happening there and stuff so we would you know and we would dare each other to like I bet you won't wear that to go out and stuff like that so you know I went out with like you know headdress or you know cowboy hat or like whatever um and, you know, back in the day, you know, when we were trying to make as much money as we could, you know, for what little money that was, you know, if there was an opportunity to do double duty and come out again later on in a mask, like, we did it. <laughs> I, I remember many shows, I, I came out early, you know, as myself, or, and then came out later on as Mexi Muscle, like a, a Mexican luchador, you know, and I was like, it's pretty, yeah. it was like, no one else looked like me on the show, so it was pretty obvious, it was, but you know, but that was kind of the, that was part of the fun of it, and I, so that was pretty dumb, and then, gosh, and you know, I was in TNA for six years, so take mm-hmm. your pick, you know, like I remember one thing I did, I remember doing a mixed tag with uh, EY and ODB, I can't remember who my tag partner was. But I remember doing a whole thing where she kind of like sized me up in the ring and like smacked me on the ass and you know I was like you know and I was fine. I kind of acted like I liked it like I you know I, I mean there's so many so many I mean not to mention the, the, the <laughs> he's talking about Brutus Magnus helmet and everything. So, yeah, here's a dumb story about that the the helmet that they ordered on the direction of Vince Russo. Sure, sure. Oh, yeah, from, yeah, like, yeah, a souvenir, yeah. You know, they ordered it from like you a souvenir. You put it up on a wall. Site. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was massive. Yeah. So big. You know, I've got a big head, but it's not like that, you know. Sure. So, uh, I put it on, and it's just like rolling around and like, you know. And, uh, and I said, like, I mean, I didn't want to wear it anyway, so like, I thought this would be my chance. This would be my way out. Like, no, not, because I thought I could might be able to pull off the rest, but the helmet I just knew was too much, right? Sure. And when it didn't fit, I thought, oh, thank God, like, they're going to have to say, like, okay, scratch the helmet. Someone takes it and goes, don't worry, don't, no problem. They go and they super glue a baseball cap inside the helmet. Okay. So when I had that thing on my head, I literally had, like, a ball cap that was super glued to the helmet, like, on my head. Just a disaster. Oh, that's great. Everything yeah. I've done, you know, uh, is part of the tapestry that who I am today, you know, mm-hmm. so... I, 
I, I, I try to uh, try to approach my life and all my professional challenges as you know, it's either a win or a learning experience. You know, so and, and I feel like those of us who have a rich tapestry of learning experiences are more prepared when the opportunities come like this. So I guess kind of switching to more NWA thing. You guys have now been on TV or been with a weekly show for several months now. Has that changed any of your goals in this company now that you've seen kind of more of the success that you've been able to have and, and kind of the bigger platform you guys have been able to have? I wouldn't say it's changed it. You know, it's just, it's just bolstered the, the ones that we already have. Um, you know, we, we, we set out from the beginning to, to grow this brand and this business and um, in a sustainable way. So we, we understand that we, we wanted to make a show that was different. We knew that by being on YouTube, it would give us the opportunity to reach. And we also, you know, were realistic. It's like I said in my speech, you know, under promise and over deliver. We didn't expect the entire wrestling viewing audience to check out our first show. You know, we were overwhelmed with the number that did. You know, it was over half a million people. But to know that over time there are going to be, you know, people are people need convincing. You know, that it's, we understand that you know time is valuable and there's a lot of wrestling out there. So we know that there are going to be a lot of people who are going to go, oh, I hear that that NWA show is really good, and they're still not going to watch it. And then you know, a few weeks later they go, you know, I should really check out that NWA show. You know, people, it's going to take four or five times of hearing it from credible sources. It's long to see this show. Like I'm going back and watching everything, and that's why we want to make everything on demand and ready. So patience is key. You know, like any any business like this in entertainment or content sphere, it's all about. Can we can we continue to pull in enough revenue to sustain what we need to do in order to grow? You know, in time, can we do it? In you know, because obviously, in the beginning, everything's kind of a, a losing venture. So it's can we do enough on pay per view buys and merchandise and on all you know third party bookings and ticket sales? Can we do enough to sustain us while we continue to build our audience and keep over delivering? And we are we're on you know we're on track and. and this is, like I said, it's just, it's just the next step, you know, and, and it's, look, we are not backed by a, a billionaire, you know, we're not backed by, you know, we don't have infinite resources, we don't have like a, you know, seven figure budget from some giant corporation, we're taking the risk, you know, and I'm taking the risk, Billy's taking the risk, Dave is taking the risk, like, we, you know, we're putting our, you know, we're putting our eggs in that one basket and we're going, look, and that's why I referenced all those things we've done because we started with the 10 pounds of gold. So we said, hey, check this out. Just 10 minutes, do our own show. You know, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. All in, you know. We, 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 we stole that show. Like, oh, yeah. The My Match at the All In was the true main event of that show Definitely. because of the work we did to make it happen. NWA 70 set box office records for Fairgrounds. So the, the proof is there, you know. It's just we're, 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 we're just trying to grow in a sustainable fashion so we don't reach critical mass and that's you know that's why we're here now we don't expect anyone to ever part with their money for us we always ask we want the, you know please buy the pay-per-view you know please like please buy a ticket you won't be disappointed you know definitely well last thing you mind uh, introducing our podcast sure. for me just your name and then you're listening to behind the gorilla behind the gorilla Hey, this is a national treasure and the real world's champion, Nick Aldis, and you're listening to Behind the Gorilla. Awesome.
All right, I'm here with Marty Skrull, a challenger for the NWA world title coming up at the Crockett Cup. Now, Marty, I just want to tell you, I'm a part of a podcast called Behind the Gorilla, and our gimmick, I guess you could say, is we talk about the dumbest things that have happened in wrestling history each week. We pick a different topic and focus on kind of that, kind of the stuff people want to forget maybe. So I got to start off by asking, what is the dumbest thing you remember seeing in wrestling and that you've been a part of? Well, I just uh, offered to put up half a million dollars for this championship match (laughs) in a match where the last time it happened, uh, I lost. So that might be one of the dumbest things in professional wrestling, depending on which way you look at it. For me, I think it's a very smart investment because I knew the only way I could get Nick to agree to give me a title match was to, you know, we all know Nick, all he cares about is money (laughs) and being champion, of course. But a big part of this has been about money. So I put that up on the line. But... I wouldn't count that as one of the dumbest things in professional wrestling because I'm very confident that I can beat Nick and I'm very confident that the result this time at the Crockett Cup 2020 is going to be a lot different from the previous. But yeah, that, that from the outside looking in might seem pretty dumb. Definitely. So I guess you've gotten to wrestle now in many different companies recently. You've gotten a bigger job here with Ring of Honor. So I guess what what would you say has been the relationship between NWA and Ring of Honor since you've kind of taken over more of a creative role in the company? Because it, it seems like it's increased the crossover at least a little bit. Well, yeah, that's one of the things that I, I wanted to do for um, Ring of Honor was help build these relationships with other companies that both parties come from. It's... <coughs> You know, in professional wrestling now, where there's, like you said, there's a lot of big companies and it seems like they're all competing with each other. It's kind of like, well, why can't we work together? Do you know what I mean? Like, if you've got two great companies, rather than going at it head to head, let's work together. And at the end of the day, you know, that's going to be best for business for everyone. But most importantly, the fans. Like, I see all the time that fans are so interested in cross-promotional stuff. Like, ah... Uh, be a dream match of this guy from Ring of Honor could face this guy from NWA or whatever it might be and that's what the fans want then that's you know let's give it to them why not like you know uh, it doesn't have to be you know I've got many friends you know in the business for reasons like okay guys like let's work together and I think that's my aim in professional wrestling right now is helping these companies work together uh, so the fans can get the absolute best product that they deserve has there been any changes in your goal since kind of taking over maybe a different role and kind of splitting time, I guess, between two two different aspects of the business? Sure. I mean, it's been a lot of, you know, it's been a real sort of juxtaposition, juxtaposition in my life because, uh, you know, I've gone from wrestling uh, for the past 15, 16 years to this new role where I'm essentially running a wrestling company. So it's, uh, you know, during the week where I used to train and work out and go town and now I'm working 24 hours a day. So uh, it's a lot, you know, it's a lot different, but it's it's very rewarding because now my main purpose or my main priority is not necessarily myself, but uh, is this company. Um, So, you know, I've always been good. I've, I've always been well at you know self-promotion and everything else get myself out there and now i've got to try and do the same for uh ring of honor which is you know a, a way bigger um you know operation than just the villain marty skull so no it's uh, it's a lot of hard work uh, it's stressful but it's a good stress and it's very rewarding and it's really cool to see you know the, the the cool things that we can achieve and uh, surprising the fans and no it's exciting and I've always wanted to 
kind of you know go into a role like this and um here i am now so no it's uh, it's it's super exciting for me you know so i've done a lot in professional wrestling i've been like you mentioned been all over the world uh now i have new aims and goals uh with you know the new position in ring of honor and so coming up you got the crockett cup big match last year same type of thing you guys may have been in the crockett cup again for the title didn't quite turn out the way you wanted it came real close how's this time going to be different well i think the obvious thing last year obviously like you mentioned i came up a little short um <laughs> but if you watch the match back the villain was the one that was left standing tall and nick aldis was the one laying on the mat in a pool of his own blood so i think <laughs> i think deep down nick knows that i can defeat him and that particular night you know it could have gone one way or the, or the other and unfortunately for me it went his way and i think that's why he's been so resilient to give me a rematch this whole entire time like, this whole entire time I had to offer you know to personally write him out a check for half a million dollars should i lose for him to agree to the match if he's the, the fighting champion that he says he is surely he'd want to face the best wrestlers from all over the world it doesn't matter if they're his friends or if he you know faced them before or not um so i think deep down nick knows that i could beat him um since last year, I've learned a lot from my mistakes that I made in that match. I've grown a lot uh, and matured a lot as a, as a performer and as a professional wrestler. And I learned a lot from the match. I learned a lot from the, the losses that I had last year. The, the loss at the Crockett Cup against Nick Aldis, uh, the loss at Madison Square Garden for the Ring of Honor World title. And you know, those things shape you as a, not just as a performer, but a, as a person. And you know, I try not to let my failures drag me down or be a weight on my shoulders I try to use them as a fuel to make myself better and you can only get better by failing and trust me I've had enough failures so it's time to start winning and uh, it's going to start at the Crockett Cup on 2020. And then just last thing if you don't mind just introducing our uh, our show sure. for us so it's, it's called Behind the Grill so just your name and then you're listening to Behind the Grill. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the villain, Marty Skull, and you are listening to Beyond, no, sorry, what was it? Behind the Behind. Gorilla. There's a Beyond Gorilla <laughs> as well, Behind Gorilla. Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the villain, Marty Skull, and you are listening to Behind the Gorilla. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Marty. Appreciate, I appreciate it, buddy. the time. Awesome. Thank you so much.